Hello, friends and neighbors. This is Steve Dam, and this is the Dam Truth. Uh, this is rough drafts of things I think are funny. Uh, so, uh, one of the things that uh, is going to make this podcast interesting, it's just going to be me. Uh, I'm just going to be reading pieces uh, mostly from my blog, uh, things that, uh, that, uh, that I found funny that I wanted to write down. And uh, tonight's episode, uh, I just wanted to start out with uh, the time I outsmarted my wife. So this is part one of the time I outsmarted my wife. So I will totally brag about myself in this piece. So if you don't like it, well, keep listening because there'll be lots of humility in this too. Probably. I'm not sure. Haven't, I haven't talked about it to you yet. So here we go. This is only the third or fourth sentence, depending on how you're listening to this. It, whatever. Uh, if the mess of the discourse that I just said is any indication, you can probably guess that I don't outsmart my wife, Wendy, very often. Uh, while I get confused easily and lose track of my thoughts, my wife seems to become more and more focused. She's fast, she's cunning, well-spoken, extremely well-educated, and is a master of verbal Aikido. Few people get the drop on my wife. This sometimes makes me appear to be a dullard, paired with a smart, funny, interesting, and dare I say, beautiful woman. People wonder openly why we're together. Specifically, why she is with me, not why I am with her. Okay, let's make that clear. Everyone knows why I'm with her. When I say people openly wonder, I mean they ask us directly why we are together. They make it sound like they're joking, but every once in a while we get someone who is unfamiliar with us enough or inebriated enough to press the question with general confusion. Although my wife still politely assures me that the offending person was just joking, I can tell otherwise. Wendy will then give uh, several reasons why she's with me to whoever asks. Uh, he's great at opening doors for me. Uh, Steve is a very good whistler. Or he bought me at a charity auction. These reasons never seem like enough to the people who are so untactful as to ask this question. Uh, these questions make us laugh. The fact that people are baffled by why we're together does not bother me nearly as much as one would think. And why? Because it makes me look like I have some talent or quality that is unknown to everyone else, or that my wife suffered severe trauma to the head, and that puzzles people. The thing is, I do have a talent that they underestimate. I'm a very, very good salesman. If I can sell this and I'm pointing to my whole messy, chubby, unfashionable body, to Wendy, I can sell anything. A more polite person usually asks how Wendy and I met. And this story is one I'm happy to tell, and I've told it to many people through the years. I plan to tell it here. All the cold, manipulative details will unfold. So if you think you know it, you can stop listening now, or you can listen to the new ending that you probably haven't heard yet. Just don't spoil it for other listeners. All right. By the way, reading this blog or listening to this, uh, listening to this podcast also counts as a sales and selling master class uh, requirement for five credits with the University of Phoenix. 
uh, email your analysis essay to the classroom inbox or, as per usual, choose the option to try to sell me on why you shouldn't have to do the assignment. So it was late October of my second junior year in college. I was majoring in public relations because there was no math requirement. Relax, I took logic and it's practically the same thing. Um, anyway, uh, it was chilly and I could frequently be seen walking to class in my puffy coat and aggressively orange stocking cap. In one particular class, I typically stayed in, stayed to the back of the room by the door so I could be the first out. The professor was unbearably boring, and I thought that was incredibly inappropriate for a communications class. Uh, it was a Thursday, and I know this was a Thursday because that was the day the student newspaper came out. I know that because I had my head buried in it trying to put any words in my head other than what was being presented to us by the professor. It was to be my favorite Thursday of all time. Wait, can I, I, I want to change the title of this podcast to my favorite Thursday. No, no. Okay, fine. Well, as self-absorbed as I had been with my head in the paper at the back corner of the classroom, something extraordinary happened. I heard a voice in my head that wasn't the professor's or any of mine. Uh, it was pleasant. It was hypnotic. The voice was compelling, sweet and smooth. It was as if someone had poured room temperature butterscotch pudding into my ear without staining my clothes or throwing off my equilibrium. At that exact moment, the voice could have told me to stab myself to death with a soup spoon, and I would have done it. I wanted more of that voice, and I lowered the paper to see how I could obtain it. Glassy-eyed, I looked over the poorly drawn, heavily-handed student editorial cartoon to see a young woman standing at the front of the class saying Lord knows what to Professor Ambien. She was dressed in a warm uh, business-type suit or business attire and had tightly curled brown hair that reached the shoulder blades of her blazer. If she wasn't standing in class, I would have thought she was there on official business for the IRS. The incredibly attractive IRS. She was like a Charlie's Angel meets high-powered accountant. Her voice matched her figure, and her figure was as sharp as the words coming out of her mouth. I flipped the listening switch in my brain from standby to power, and caught the tail end of what she was saying. She was much smarter than the professor, and I just wanted to hear more smart things spoken with her voice. What was she doing in a communications class? For anybody else, just knowing a person like this exists would be enough to inspire a person to a better life. It wasn't enough for me. I wouldn't say I became obsessed with her, but I knew that in time we would be married. It might take weeks or years, but she would fall in love with the image of Steve Dam that I cultivated specifically for her. It was time to play the long game. Somehow, I always ended up at the door to the classroom when leaving class at the exact same time despite me sitting next to the door and she sitting in the exact opposite position in the class. Phase one, 
get noticed in a subtle way, was complete. My big break was when she stood at the front of the class and explained that she would be gathering data for her psychology project on adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. It was a test of sorts that showed indicators of internal restlessness in adults. It was a test I intended to pass, and by failing it miserably. And I did. When she came around to collect them, I held on to mine a little closer so that I might engage this woman. I stood up and handed it to her while she, uh, while using my best shot at introducing myself. You know, I happen to be an adult with ADHD. She lit up. Oh, we need you. Are you diagnosed? Oh, yeah. I said with a wry smile. Are you currently taking medication to help control it? You bet I am. Pills. Orange ones. I said with extreme confidence as I maintained eye contact. Oh my gosh, I need your name and number. She said as she dug into her adorable leather satchel, looking for paper and pen. Allow me, I said, as I presented her with a homemade business card which read, Steve Dam, Misunderstood Genius, above my address and phone number. Yep, you're an adult with ADHD, all right, she said after glancing down at my card. We will definitely be in touch. Steve Dam, I said as I held out my hand for her to shake, giving the social cue that I needed her name as well, letting her know I could be professional. I did not look at her chest for the entire interaction. I'm not a pig. Yes, I am. I'm a trained indoor pig that would be allowed on the furniture. The point is, I know how disrespectful it is to have instinct take over and allow for a condition I call simultaneous lazy eye. Wendy, she said as she took my hand. I resisted the impulse to wiggle my middle finger against her palm. Thank you, orange pills. Although I was called for several <laughs> frustrating experiments over the next few quarters in the psychology department by her peers, I spent no time with Wendy. I showed up on time, I did the experiments and did everything asked of me, no matter how little dignity they may have required, researchers talked, and I needed to keep a clean and agreeable profile in case I was asked or spoken about. Meanwhile, I collected every bit of data I could about Wendy. No detail was too small, and I began building a mental file on her that I could use in my long game. The intelligence I gathered was positive. She was nice, but had a backbone, was passionate about education and her work with the sign language communicating chimpanzees, and she had a boyfriend who was a pilot and visited with his airplane. I could work with all of this. I can feign intelligence and believed in education. I liked chimps, and in this cool boyfriend category, I believe drummer trumps pilot. It only required opportunity, time, and to listen to what she might be missing so that I could fill in that need. Now, you might be thinking, Steve might be evil, and this is bordering on stalker behavior. You might think that I'm operating in a creepy manner that borders on deceitful. You might say, wow, Steve, this is a little scary, and you should have been more transparent with Wendy. Well, shut up. 
You don't know me and you don't know my life. Look at me and what I have to offer as a human and tell me that I could win this woman in a traditional way. I'm a realist. I own several mirrors and I know how to operate them. I have already established that I am routinely questioned about how I pulled this off, proving that I am in fact out of Wendy's league, her league being the American League of Major League Baseball, and mine an afternoon pickup game where a group of Belgian exchange students are taught how to throw, catch, and hit a peach-sized ball covered in horse-side. Phase two of Operation Outthink the Shrink would prove to be long, tricky, and tedious. It would involve long stretches of no communication between Wendy and I. More data gathering and quick hits of charm with wit. Yeah, it was risky and bold. There was clandestine operations and calculated timing of interactions. I had coaching. I had inside people. So try and look at this situation less as a creepy stalker story and more like a long heist film. Specifically a heist film that had a slickness of Ocean's Eleven with the bumbling execution of the Pink Panther. So more will be revealed in part two. And in the next segment, my desire for Wendy grows, Wendy's awareness of me spikes, and I set the trap. And that's all on the next episode of The Damn Truth. I'm Steve Dam. Thanks for listening. <laughs>